Welcome to another episode of Bench Talk. I'm your host, Tom Gerrard. Uh, sorry for the uh, delay in getting another episode out. It's uh, been strange times with all the COVID stuff that's been happening. This episode marks my fourth year of doing the podcast. Um, just wanted to thank all of you for tuning in. And uh, yeah, it's been such a great ride doing it and uh, interviewing lots of great artists and met, made a lot of good friends along the way and learned a lot myself through doing all these episodes. This week I'm catching up with British artist French. French is based in Germany at the moment and uh, he's known for uh, doing a lot of uh, a lot of illustration and artwork for skateboard brands and companies and also um, done lots of uh, exhibiting around the world and yeah, I'm a big fan of his work and uh, I had a really good time catching up with him. Um, I'd like to apologise for uh, my microphone. I don't know, there was something going on with it during this episode and uh, it sounded a bit weird, but um, I didn't do much talking. It was mostly French. So um, luckily you can hear him fine. Uh, yeah, without further ado, here's the interview. How you going, French? Yeah, good, man. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Uh, how's how's COVID been treating you? Uh, well, luckily it hasn't been near me. I don't think. Well, I don't think I've had it. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know if you, I don't know if you know. I don't know how you know if you only had the mild one. But yeah, yeah, it's been, it's been all right. It's not been too different to my normal life. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, because like, you know, you know what it's like. You work for yourself. You don't see that many people on a day to day basis. And since I broke my arm, I haven't been able to skate. So it's not like I've been going out skating or anything. I mean, the real difference is you don't go to the pub and see your mates, do you? So, I mean. It's just replaced going to the pub to sitting at home and talking to people on like FaceTime or whatever. Yeah. Hey, I you, guess. Like, with you, I didn't know you had a broken arm. Is that your um, uh, drawing hand or, or art hand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's my drawing hand. Yeah, I broke it in July, and it's just been an ongoing uh, bullshit problem since since then. Like I broke it skating in July 2019, the day before I was meant to go to Japan for the art book fair. Uh, I ended up having to have, uh, I broke it. So my hand went all the way back around and my palm touched the inside of my arm and my bone Jesus. came out. Jesus. Um, uh, and I ended up having to be put to stay, gave me enough drugs that it knocked me out of the skate park. And then, uh, I ended up with like the full external cage on my arm. Oh. And then I had two surgeries in July and then in September, it still wasn't fixed and the pins had uh, somehow bent and one of them had popped through the frame. So I had to have it rectified again. So I had a, a plate on my uh, radius and then a wire going through my ulna to hold them back together. And then I had all that out and then t three new plates with like 12 new screws and then that work seemed to work. And they told me I was fine by November and I came to Australia and tripped up a step. And, uh, yeah, it, it just broke again. So I actually got it fixed again in Australia. So now I'm at, like, this point where I'm waiting for a CT scan, um, yeah, to find out if like, – so the, the smaller bone is fixed. I just got to get the plates out, which is two plates and six screws. And then the other plate goes literally from my hand almost to the inside of my elbow. So I got to wait to see if the bone graft they gave me in Australia has worked, which I find out on the 8th of June, if that works. But at the moment, the problem was that the German doctor here doesn't want to talk to me about it because he doesn't believe Australian doctors are any good. Seems to be what he told me. 
Um, so I had to uh, get the CT scan off him and send it to the doctor at RPA in Sydney. And then that doctor was like, no, no, it's good. It's fine. Because the doctor in Germany was trying to make me have surgery again, saying that I needed another bone graft. But the doctor in Australia was like, nah, you don't need another bone graft. You're fine. Like, you just got to wait. But the doctor here wouldn't read my paperwork. So I was kind of like, well, I can't tell you what's wrong with me if you don't read my paperwork the doctor's given me to give to you. So, yeah. Mate, so that's why that I am sounds now. like an ordeal. <laughs> but um, are you, so are you you back uh like painting and making art? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole time, the longest period I had without work, and I couldn't work for a month while I was in Australia because I was in this cast, which meant I couldn't move my. Actually, it was six weeks. I couldn't move my hand. And what's weird, right, is that I thought it would be fine if I could move my fingers because I'd be, you know, you just need your fingers to draw. And it realize how much you bend your arm, like how much you bend your wrist and everything to draw, like how, or how much I do. I don't know if everyone's the same. Like yeah. I can use, I could use the airbrush. Like I painted my thing for my, my show at the passport gallery with the cast on. Like I used the airbrush to paint the wall thing. And luckily everything else I'd done was like done beforehand. So do you want to tell me uh, where you're from and how you got into art? Well, I'm from Aldershot, which uh, as we were to earlier is, is in South England, like it's just south of London by about, I think if you drive down the A3, it's 37 miles south of the centre of London um, in Hampshire. So, and it's the home of the British Army, which is uh, a funny thing. So it's, it's a weird, it's a weird place or it was a weirder place, but there's not so much military there anymore. So I grew up there until I was 19, I went to university. So I left there when I was 19 and I've not really been back for any extended period since then. So but I always tell people I'm from Aldershot, I guess, because I find it weird when people say they're from London when they're not, you know, I'm not born, I've lived in London for a long time, but I wasn't born there and I'm not from there. So, yeah, and I guess I got into art because, I don't know, my mum was always into art. Like, that was like a big thing. Like, my mum was always quite into, like, making stuff and into art. And then she worked as a secretary at an art college. There's a, a really good art college in Farnham, which is like three miles away from Aldershot. And I used to go there, like when we'd have days off at school, I would go there and like I could hang out and see what all the students were doing. And I'd go and like my mum would have to work and I'd go and like go into like the pottery room or like into the photography studio and, you know, going to where they were doing painting. And I remember like going and watching animations with the animation students and stuff. And I probably would have been like nine or ten. So I guess by then I was I was super into art. And I was always liked going to like art galleries and stuff. I always liked weird stuff. I never really liked like normal, like, you know, I never liked like Rembrandt or anything like that. I was always like, oh, this is weird. And I guess that my brother, my older brother was super into like heavy metal, like Iron Maiden and Saxon and, you know, like that kind of classic heavy metal. And the album covers, like, I always thought that was amazing. And then he was also into like Warhammer and, you know, Dungeons and Dragons and stuff. And he was into those, like, those role-playing, like the fighting fantasy ones where you roll the dice and you decide your own story like I was super into all the artwork they had on those I never really got into playing any of that stuff I just would like me and my brother would like talk about stuff and I would draw things and that was kind of more how I got into it and then I guess getting into skateboarding you just get into like the graphics of things like I definitely reckon I reckon I probably bought boards more likely on the graphics than I did on actually the shapes or what brand it was for quite a long time but also like where I grew up you can only get certain boards anyway because it was that era i guess like early 90s you couldn't really get all the brands that you wanted so you just ended up with like zorlac or like santa cruz 
or you know brands brands like that because that's what the skate shop sold near me so i got into those graphics and they were kind of heavy metal looking so that was kind of cool with me yeah so I, I guess that's how i how i got into art i don't really remember ever being like you know i'm gonna i'm gonna do art i remember that the one thing that i always when people asked me what i was gonna do when i grew up i'd be like i'm gonna go to art college so i never really thought you did anything past that so yeah yeah yeah, it's weird. I, I remember saying I wanted to be an artist when I was a kid, you know, like, you know, around 10 years old. Yeah. It's just weird. I, I don't know where it came from. I wasn't even that into art. <laughs> I was just a kid. No, no. <laughs> but you know what I mean? But when you're a kid, though, this is what I think is really weird. You must have had the same thing. It's like, I didn't know anyone that was an artist. My parents didn't have any friends who were like, I'm an artist, or they made art full time. So I don't, it was kind of like a thing, like, I, I just assumed that you you didn't do it. I just assumed that people didn't actually do it. So saying you were going to do it would be like a cool thing, but everyone tells you from such a young age that you're not going to do it. Like it's not going to mm. happen. You're not going to be an artist. Yeah. Which I, I always found really weird. And now when I look back on it, especially like, especially like until you're like 16 in England, when you do your GCSEs, I remember people just being like, Oh, you know, like you should do this now because you know you'll never get to this again. And no one tell, no one talks to you about what jobs you can do with art. No one says to you like when you have to do like your work experience and stuff at school. No one says to you like, oh, you know, like art is also used in these ways. Like these people design things and these guys do this and this is art and this is art. And like the guys that make adverts are artists and the guys that like design shoes are artists. And you know, no one says mm. that to you. So I just remember thinking that the only thing that was there was art, which was like painting and being like a nutter like Dali or someone or there was like that was like it like everything else was like science or like business or something so yeah it's, it's a weird thing isn't it like I don't know is it, is it different in Australia do they, do they actually teach you differently or do they I don't know it's been a long time since I've been to school but um <laughs> <laughs> but uh I, I think I don't know like I didn't even like realize like like I could be an artist till I was like in my late thirties, like right. I, because I don't know, I, I looked around and there was, I knew a couple of artists, but it just, it didn't seem, uh, didn't seem possible. Like the only artist I knew was struggling artists, and then there was that like sort of hot, really high end, you know, big gallery art. Yeah. And then I thought, well, it's, it's, there's not much in between there. But now I look around, I think it's also because I'm immersed in the the scene and all that and I, I know so many artists that i can see so many opportunities to work as an artist and i i don't know if they were always there um you know say i think uh, i think australia is like i think australia's definitely like definitely got more of a culture of of like that kind of like i wouldn't i wouldn't like to say lo-fi artists but like artists that aren't like in museums and galleries and stuff like people who make art and like make like, like the idea like when you go to Melbourne people paint murals and you can get like work painting stuff and doing this and doing that and I guess like the sort of graffiti thing is kind of bigger in Melbourne as well but that kind of thing like you say it's definitely not a thing in England that people make a living out of that or at least I've never been a part of that mm. but I always found like in Australia it seemed like I think it's an Australian thing as well like, people are more accepting of you being like hey I make art and I have like another job and yeah. people are totally like, and people don't look down on you in Australia. But then people in Australia, I found, don't look down on you if you just say like, "Hey, I work in a cafe and I like to ride my bike," like, or you know, I work in a cafe and I go skating. Whereas if in England, people would be like, "You're a loser. Why are you doing that?" Like, it's. It, I always found that when it, as soon as I left England and you met other people from other countries, you're like, "Oh, other people actually just do what they like and then do something else to make to pay the bills." Yeah. Like it's. 
and I, I think that's kind of what I mean saying you came to later I guess like I kind of I spent a while trying to do it like full time and like working in like skate shops and doing other like terrible jobs at the same time and then I just got really lucky that I just didn't go back to another job but I guess as well that I managed to live on literally thin air for, for like for a really long time and still do you know so mm. I think that's the thing isn't it I mean how come you how come you turned like to arts how come you ended up being like a full-time artist so late or like well, well, I wouldn't say so late like in your 30s well I was, I was I was like you I just I tried it a few times and then I, I kept picking up other work but then um as like I lived overseas and I tried tried to do it in London and then I tried to do it in Spain and then but and then when I came back to Melbourne I um I worked for a year and then gave it another crack and then that's when it it really uh I know I just applied myself and yeah. I think I like from country to country and city to city it's there's a lot it's different opportunities there where I find um I find in in uh well especially in Melbourne that's that's where I can base it off the most because I live here, but uh, I find that there's just there's so many opportunities to make money as an artist here, and there is no, there totally most, is most no, most I, cities I, in the world. But if you think about like say trying to be an artist in New York, like yeah, there's a lot of opportunities for artists over there, but the rent is really high, and it's a really expensive city. So, and then studio rent is expensive and everything. So it'd be a lot harder to be an artist over there. No, so I think as well in Melbourne, there's definitely a community spirit between artists because there's a lot of people just who are in the same boat. And there is a lot of opportunity to get like other part-time work and then so-and-so is making this, you know, do you want to help me with that? Like, we're going to do this. Like, and I think, and I think as well that people just see it in Melbourne, that it's like a thing that you want to do. And like, I know what you mean, that it's definitely like, I found it like when I was living there, I found it so much easier than I'd ever found it before to actually live on, on my artwork, you know? And like people, people kind of get it. I mean, it's just the same with music and stuff though. The amount of people, from melbourne that asked me to do like t-shirts and posters and stuff and i never had that from somewhere where i lived like i never found that like not not in london like no one would pay me to to make a poster or a shirt for for their band you know they'd all be like no i can't pay you there's no money we don't have any money it's like you say like everyone's like rent's too high it's like i mean that's what's weird moving to germany and living in nuremberg is kind of weird because rent isn't like too crazy and the government support a lot of stuff, but a lot of people don't want to do anything unless the government are going to support them. I find that a really weird thing. Mm. I mean, I don't know if that's just an outsider's perspective and maybe I don't get it because I don't speak enough German to understand, but it does seem like people are like, no, I can't do that. The government aren't going to pay me to do it. And you're like, what? What do you yeah. mean? What's that got to do with anything? Just get on and do it yourself. And people are like, oh, but then, but then I'd have to get like another job. And you're like, well, just get two jobs then. If you love mm. it, do it. You know, like... Yeah, I think that's a big uh, that's a, a big thing behind it as well. If you really love it and you apply yourself, like you can make most things happen. You know, especially if you say you're usually doing a forty hour week sitting at, at a desk in an office or whatever, and if you yeah. take that time and, and, and put that time into the studio and working out, you know, ways of making money, you'll you'll work it out. Yeah, like totally. I haven't found I, mean, I haven't found with COVID, like with with COVID kicking in and and everything being shaken up and lots of projects cancelled and everything i just started just just got back into the studio and started working on new pieces and you know doing lots of smaller things as well and with the small oh, thing, I, thought, oh, that, I can post that easily and put it online and 
I don't know, like opportunities would open up like that. And I never thought I could sell artwork online because um because who wants to spend, you know, a decent amount of money on like a little JPEG? Yeah, so well, I mean I think it's crazy as well. Like like you say, like all of those things, like when you it's like when I broke my arm, mm. I was like, I can't really draw properly. This is a bit fucked. Like I couldn't put the pressure on the pencil. And then Trent asked me if I wanted to have a show at the gallery in in Sydney. So I was like, I'm just going to start making stuff. And I had this airbrush and I just started making these weird things. It wasn't like my normal work. And then I just started making random stuff and putting it on my Instagram. Like you say, like I was like, you know, I've got, I'll keep working, trying to make money, like doing a few things that I could. And then I started making random, I found that I could paint with a brush and I couldn't draw. So I'd paint and it would be a bit wonky and then do some airbrush behind it. And it was all experiments. And then people were like hit, like you say, like people hit me up and were like, I, I, I want to buy that. And then like this one guy from Berlin that's like some electronic musician was like, hey, would you do my album cover? I really like these airbrush things. And I was just like, oh, I, that, I was like, didn't want to say to him, that's not really what I do. So I just did it. And then I was like, well, this is what I do now. You know, like, I think you're right. I think like when you have those circumstances, as long as you just keep making stuff, it's almost like that time of having the time to experiment and make other new stuff actually made new work for it. You know, it's like... Mm. all of a sudden because i used to be the guy that everyone said you know oh you just do black and white stuff and now i'm like the guy that does really crazy colored stuff but yeah. it's like weird it's like weird the, the brush you get told and both of those things are because i've done things for myself and not for someone else and i've been like oh you know i want to experiment with this and i'm just going to put it out there but i think it's crazy as well like like you say with covid and like the internet has changed things for the worse and changed things for the better. It's, it's crazy how, like you say, you can sell your own work online and people buy it and you can send it to them. Mm. And that connect, I feel like that connection people have with you when they're like, you know, I bought this from, like, I bought this from Tom or I bought this from French, you know, I bought this from the actual artist. Like, like I've, with like my little t-shirt thing that I do with, with Dungeon, I think people like it because when they buy it and it's my artwork, it's from me. I don't think people like, I don't really sell it to shops. It's like people just want to buy it directly from me. You know, I don't. And I think, I think that's cool. I'm, I'm fine with that. Like I don't, I don't mind at all. And I love it when people hit you up and they're like, Hey, I saw this. Do you want to sell it? And you're just like, Oh fuck yeah. It's just been sitting in a drawer. <laughs> I'd love to sell yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. But, it's weird. It's, you, getting back to what we were saying before about looking for different options, I've heard um, I've heard people uh, describe it as um, pivoting, where it's like you, you know, they use the analogy like you're a basketball player and the ball comes to you, and you instead of just doing your usual thing, you you stop and you look around at your options. It's like you have one foot planted and you're sort of pivoting around, like looking for what to do next. No, I, to I agree totally. I think yeah. you have to. I think these days, if you're not the guy that sells paintings for one hundred fifty thousand. You have to be, I, I always, I mean, I think it's maybe it's more of an English saying, maybe an Australian saying, you just got to have your fingers in many pies. Like you just yeah. got to be like, like you've got to be like, you make your own t-shirts and clothing and merch and like, you know, like patches and pin badges and I don't know, like posters and shit. And then you make original artwork and you do graphics for other people. And then maybe, I don't know, you do like layout for someone else and you're willing to go and paint like a mural for someone or you're willing to just go and do this, you know, you're going to do all these other things. So you're not just like one guy who does one thing. You have to be a jack of all trades. You know, you mm. kind of have to do like everything. Like like in the last year I did. So I've done a few collaborations with different companies and then you end up like knowing like, oh, you know, you lay out like this and you do T-shirt graphics like this and you decide to do colorways. And then I did this thing with America and they let me do my own shoe, my own colorway, my own clothes and everything. 
a lot like I'd done with vans before, like I'd always done clothing and stuff and I'd done clothing with crew and a few other skate related brands. And I obviously I've done so many t-shirts for people, but then living here, it's like the home of Adidas. One of the people from the cousin materials department, like hit me up and was like, would you want to do concept design? And I was like, had to ask my wife. I was like, I don't even know what that is. And it's literally working out a narrative behind the way something's going to work and then come up with a colorway for a shoe, but have like which material is what and which material would use and why and what would be the story behind it, which is what I'd done for America. But then that's not my own artwork. Like my name's not on the stuff that I did for Adidas, but it's like part of being an artist that I can apply to that, which I, th which I think is amazing because you do that, you get paid for that. And then I can go away and make more drawings of skulls and people being ripped apart. You know, it's like, yeah, <laughs> you know, see, it's, yeah. it's one of those things where it's still creative, but it's not like, like when I lived in, when I lived in Melbourne, the guys that shout out loud, like Dion and those guys, they got, Dion gave me a job putting up posters. Like I worked for them putting up posters around the city. And I just did that. Like originally it was because I asked Dion to print me a zine. And when I went in, they were like, Hey, if you ever want any work. And at the time I was kind of like, you know, a little bit of extra money. It'd be good. I can do that. This sounds fun. And I did it and it was fun. And then I turned out to be the only guy that wanted to get up really early in the morning rather than stay up all night. So I just did the early morning ones, you know, and I really enjoyed it. That was actually probably my favorite job I've ever had. Just going around and putting up posters, being a glue monkey. Like I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> and you get to, and you get to use the printers and like Jay would help me print stuff and we'd make all these crazy posters and zines and stuff. It was really cool. So you start so, putting your own stuff out as well? Yeah, yeah, like we made a few things. There's actually one still, fuck, when I was there at Christmas, there's one still in an alleyway just off Smith Street. It's a fluoro one. It's about head height of like a zombie head. It's a, uh, there's like some place that's like a southern fried chicken place or something, like just there, like Louisiana something, I think it's called. Yeah, I know the one. Just on, just on Smith Street, yeah, there's an alleyway next to that. It's just up there. Like it's, that's probably been there since 2000 and 